Like Bob on Facebook at facebook.com slash Live. Came across an article today about a uh, fairly new book written by the pastor of the largest United Methodist congregation in America. Uh, Considering his liberal bent, I am absolutely shocked. And I don't, I'm I'm not trying to be a smart aleck, I'm just trying to be truthful. Most liberal United Methodist churches are dying, they're not growing. Well, this is a big one. And uh, he is certainly um, the outlier in this. Uh, So he's written this book on the Bible. And uh, in the book, he attacks the Bible. Yeah. Uh, Again, I'm reading uh, to you excerpts from an interview done by Religious News Service. Uh, Question, I suspect your chapter on homosexuality will rankle a few feathers, particularly among conservatives. Can you summarize your position and why you believe it's a scriptural one? Well, then he goes into this thing. Well, it's all about culture. It's all about culture. He says, uh, the second argument I make in my book is that the Bible is complex, and while influenced by God, it is not dictated by God. It reflects the humanity of the biblical authors and the times in which they lived. So God just influenced it. He didn't really inspire it. He just influenced. And the people who wrote it, they were faulty. They were frail. Uh, Sometimes they had no idea what they were doing. And they were just writing a bunch of stuff that they thought, you know, that they were influenced by God by. And then the interviewer says, you say that for those who disagree on homosexuality, the issue is not biblical authority, but biblical interpretation. And then he goes on, and he says this. Now, remember, if you were listening a few moments ago, he tells us that 2 Timothy 3.16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. He says, we can't believe that. Paul just made up that word. He just invented it out of thin air. So we really can't even use that verse, but then he turns around and uses the verse. He says, conservatives often suggest homosexuality is an issue of biblical authority. I believe the Bible has authority in my life and for the church. And in the words of 2 Timothy 3.16, it is useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness and so on. So he quotes a verse that earlier in the interview, he says we shouldn't pay any attention to. Um, Talk about using the parts of the Bible that you agree with. Um, But I also believe that the five passages that speak to some form of same-sex intimacy do not describe God's timeless will for humanity. Really? Really? So God really didn't know what he was talking about. Paul didn't know what he was talking about. Oh, my goodness. And then the last question in the interview. 
Your book might be characterized as provocative or progressive. Do you think it's also helpful? And listen to what he says. Very important. Here is a man who has written an entire book questioning the authority of the Bible and saying you really can't believe it. It says this, but don't believe it. It says this, but it was written by fallible men. It says this, but that was just a cultural thing. It was a historical thing. It doesn't apply to today. He has written an entire book attacking the authority of the Bible. And so the last question in the interview, your book might be characterized as provocative or progressive. Do you think it is also helpful? Quote, yes, I wrote the book for young adults who have been turned away from faith by things they've read in the Bible. I wrote it to help Christians who are increasingly confronted by vocal atheists who love to focus on the Bible's more difficult passages. And I wrote it for people who are interested in reading the Bible and understanding its message, that it is a message of great hope. Hope in who? Hope in what? And he's written the book for young people. He wants young people to question what God says. And I go back to how I began this segment. What was the very first attack of Satan on mankind? The human race. Very first attack. Yea, hath God said? Did God really mean what he said? Fast forward to 2023. The pastor of the largest United Methodist Church in America, parroting exactly what Satan said. God didn't really mean that. He said it, but you can't really believe it. You have to interpret it in the light of culture, history, the personality of the writers. God just influenced them. I submit to you, the attack of Satan has not changed one bit. And people like this pastor are doing Satan's work for him. Yea, hath God said? All right. Uh, before the break, let's go to the phones, and I've got Joel in Marysville, Ohio. Hey, Joel, you're on Bobberty Live. Welcome. Thanks for calling. Bob, I just want to encourage you with your message you're giving today. Jesus Christ, you know, in Hebrews 13.8, it says, I'm the same yesterday and forever. His rule has not changed. In Isaiah chapter 33, verse 22, he's our judge. He's our legislator. He is the one who will save us. He's all three branches of government. He gives the law. He's the lawgiver. Mm-hmm. So when anyone challenges the Word of God, I love your stance on it. Did God really say? No. God did not, or God did say, one man, one woman. There's only two biological propos uh, sapiens here, male and female, which the Creator created on the sixth day. It's never changed. 
I lived through this through the ELCA, and I argued, uh, ELCA, Lutheran Church, for your audience, mm-hmm. the Lutheran Church, ELCA, went that same way during uh, 2008, 9, 10 time frame. Yeah. Um, I was actually on the church council as a liaison to the uh, Senate, mm. and we went there, and I asked the Lord, what do you want me to say in the General Assembly? Because I went to several of the arguments and several of the churches to debate this issue. And my wife was with me, and I, she goes, well, what did the Lord tell you to say? I said, this is not a democracy. It is not a republic. It is a monarchy, and Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, and this subject is not a voting issue. It's clear in Scripture. Sexual morality is sexual morality at every level unless it's sex between a wife and a husband. Good for for you. Good for you. You obviously lost the battle, I'm sorry to say, but you you fought the fight. Yeah, I'm no longer in that church, but I, I did remain in that church until they broke away from the ELCA. I did remain in that church, the okay. local congregation we did. Good. But we did, in that, let me just please share for one second more, we did have two families with gay children in it, okay? And they were dealing with the issue. Sure. And they go, well, what, what, what do you have? Well, I took them, obviously, to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 9, 10, and 11, because 11 is where the grace of God comes from, where it says homosexuality, you know, all the things that are listed there, and you can share that with your audience. But the, what it is in 11, it says, and that's what some of you once were. Mm-hmm. You were washed, you were sanctified and justified in the blood of Jesus Christ. You're not to live in that anymore. In the chapter before that, the church was to kick out of the congregation a man who had his father's wife in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And I see that happening in the churches today. They're being handed over to the world, exactly like they said, hand this man over to Satan, give him back to the world, because we're here to purify a bride for Christ. That's what the church is about. It's not for sitting there and saying, how can we indulge in the flesh? No, it's how can we live in the Spirit. Good for you, Joel. Thank you. I appreciate it. God bless you. Thanks for your encouragement. You bet. All right. Bye-bye. This is the greatest battle. Everything else is minor. Everything else is minor. All right. Quick break, and uh, then we'll return. Follow Bob on Twitter at twitter.com slash Live. Oh, how many times have you heard me say everything the liberal left touches, they destroy. Uh, we were just talking about denominations, churches, and the, um, the liberal left theologically. Um, but it's also true politically. Take a look across America, and if you want to do a little research so you don't 
believe me, and I constantly challenge you, don't take anything I say without checking it out for yourself. Uh, do a little uh, internet search. Um, 10 most violent cities in America. Okay, just do that. No, I'm not going to tell you what they are. You do it. Just do a little internet search. It'll pop right up. 10 most violent cities in America. And then look at the political leadership of those cities. The last time I checked, 9 out of 10 were all run by the left. And the one that was not run by a Democrat, that was an independent, not Republican or Democrat, but the mayor was left-leaning. Um, look at uh, uh, cities with the most homicides in America. Just look that up. Uh, ten. Ten cities with the most homicides. It's either 9 out of 10 or 10 out of 10 are Democrat. Uh, Look up um, cities with the largest homeless problem. Check that one out. Uh, If you want to keep with 10 or 20, whatever. Uh, 10 cities in America with the largest homeless problem. Guess what? They're almost all run by Democrats. Democrat mayor, predominantly Democrat uh, city council, pick almost any category you want. And the farther left the city is, the worse condition it's in. Because again, the liberal progressive left destroys everything it touches. Even business. It's a well-known fact that Walmart can survive and thrive almost anywhere. It is extremely rare to see a Walmart close. They're opening all over the place, but it's rare. happens occasionally, but Portland, Oregon. Now, what do we know about Portland, Oregon? one of the farthest left-leaning cities in all of America. And that's not speculation or exaggeration. It's true. Uh, Portland, Oregon is far, far, far left. Headline, Walmart set to close all stores in Portland amid record-breaking retail theft. Very soon, the city of Portland, Oregon, will not have one single Walmart. They've closed most of the rest already. They're going to be closing the final two locations in Portland at the end of this month. Now, local authorities are admitting it's because of crime and shoplifting. Why? Because shoplifters are not prosecuted in liberal left-leaning cities. That's unfair. That's unjust. The official statement from Walmart, quote, We have nearly 5,000 stores across the U.S. 
and unfortunately, some do not meet our financial expectations. While our underlying business is strong, these specific stores haven't performed as well as we had hoped. Quote, theft is an issue. It's higher than what it has historically been. Now, here's the sad thing. Who is this going to hurt the most? Poor people. It's going to hurt poor people more than anyone else. Shoplifting is rampant across America. And it is greatest where law enforcement is more um, controlled by the liberal left. And um, so all Walmart stores in Portland will be closed by the end of this month. Um, Daniel in Bell Fountain, hang tight. I got to take a break, but um, I'll come back, put you on the air as soon as we return. You're listening to Bob Bernie Live. My number is 877 Bob Live. 